Hello, everyone, and welcome to Secu Solutions podcast. And we're calling this podcast "The Art of Fishing: How to Sink the Hook and Reel Them In." Before we get started, I'd like to just briefly define what a fishing simulation is. It is to covertly and safely reproduce techniques that are used by bad actors to fish unsuspecting victims for the purpose of causing a response or an action. These actions could include the divulging of sensitive information. It could also include opening files or downloading content from a website. It is the most realistic method used to properly measure the user's response or actions when receiving a simulated phishing email. Phishing simulations are often used prior to or after a formal awareness training program that has been developed to help recognize and to identify the signs of a phishing attack. There are two primary methods of phishing simulations that are used today. That is a software-based or a web-based platform where somebody that wants to DIY their own phishing simulation can purchase this uh, a subscription to uh, a platform or a software program and effectively uh, launch it themselves and DIY it. Trouble with uh, that is a lot of times that the user is not a security person. Uh, they don't understand the the art of phishing, so to speak, and uh, quite often they make mistakes when putting together a campaign, such as uh, if they have you know, 10, 15, 20, 30, 40 users or more, uh, they might launch that phishing attack all at once to all of the users and what happens then is everyone receives the email at more or less the same time everybody's looking at their inbox going well okay well uh, did you receive the same email and uh, likely the covert effort that has been um, the initiative is is spoiled everybody knows that they're being fished so they're on their uh, best behavior and you're not really able to measure uh, the results of that type of fishing simulation the other fishing simulation is a managed fishing simulation. And of course, this would include people that are generally skilled at security. They understand the art of fishing. They understand you know, what a fishing template should look like. They understand what a landing page for a fishing email to be directed to or redirected to should look like. Uh, and they understand the importance of covertness. That's primarily the best way to, in my opinion, to launch a fishing simulation because you're really getting the best uh, knowledge and, and expertise uh, behind the fishing simulation. So you're going to realize the, the best results. There are several components of a managed fishing attack that, or simulation, which uh, we include as part of our service. And it really starts at information gathering. So we want to really try hard to understand the target. We would want to know everything about that organization, uh, its corporate culture. We would want to know about who their vendors are, who their partners are, if they have any special projects going on at the, same, at the, at the moment that would give us the information where we could craft these templates and and make them look as though they're coming from the partners or affiliates of, of that nature. We'd want to know about uh, the executive class, who's on LinkedIn, who's not. We'd want to know about their HR department. We'd want to know if they're doing any sponsoring of any nature to any particular organization. We might want to know about uh, any up-and-coming holidays that they're having, any HR events, 
things of that nature to give us an understanding of what type of email we should be looking at crafting. The other important element about phishing simulation is the scheduling part. I spoke uh, briefly about that earlier on and mentioned that if you're sending out a, an email to a massive amount of people, it's going to get caught. It's either going to get caught by the spam filter or it's going to be noticed by everyone that's being targeted and bells and buzzers are going to go off and the um, effect of the phishing simulation is going to be lost. So we work with the target or in this case the person on the inside of the company that we're um, going to do the phishing simulation on and we determine a schedule and this schedule would include obviously the users it would include creating groups of users whether that be by their divisions sales marketing executive operations technical it might be another group of of some nature but effectively dividing these groups um, and so that we can make a schedule to target these groups uh, on specific dates in the, in the calendar. And the obvious advantage of that is simply put, not everyone's getting this email at the same time. We might even choose to use a different template, a different email to, to send to each of these divisions or groups of people so to further throw them off the track. We would also discuss with the uh, target what templates or landing pages might be offside, meaning that they don't want us to create some uh, template that's uh, related to a bank or related to some sort of you know organization or group, uh, as it might be sensitive to uh, their corporate culture. So we're very cognizant of of all of these things when we're creating these templates and landing pages so that we get a maximum effect when we're fishing, uh, when we're conducting this fishing simulation. Once everyone agrees on the groups, the schedule, uh, the content of the template and the landing pages, we'll then commence the fishing campaign. And it's important for us to, uh, again, establish a, a counterpoint on uh, the customer side so that we can be uh, knowing exactly you know, what the corporate culture is doing, what happen what's happening on the inside. Is there any talk going on about this phishing simulation? Is, uh, is it been noted? Is everybody uh, aware that there's a phishing campaign going on uh, or not? It's also our opportunity to establish the contact or point person that will receive the reports. Now, there's reports are extremely uh, valuable. They're, in effect, the ROI of the phishing simulation. So uh, in that report, you're going to get all sorts of information uh, on the individual user, whether that person uh, opened that email, uh, whether they clicked on that link, whether they submitted data, whether they downloaded a file. All of these user actions are measured and recorded in the report. And this is extremely important when um, it comes time for training or or uh, scolding. There's a number of different results that can happen after a phishing simulation, but and that brings me to my next point in regards to the, uh, the training point or the education opportunity with regards to the phishing simulation. The end user action generally results in, in some type of, uh, of training. There are two schools of thought on this. If we're going to do a phishing simulation, we want to be discussing whether we're going to be doing this covertly or overtly. The advantage of, 
of a covert fishing simulation uh, or the definition of a covert fishing simulation is where we launch this simulation and obviously uh, nobody's um, aware of it. Uh, maybe a few select people are, but in general, uh, the whole entire company doesn't know that a fishing simulation is being conducted uh, and therefore they're on their worst behavior <laughs> typically. And we're able to measure the responses, the user actions and understand uh, in real life really what kind of response that we would get from them. Some companies like this, they like this approach uh, and others feel kind of sheepish uh, for doing this. Um, there's really no right or wrong. Uh, the other opportunity is to do an overt uh, fishing simulation. So this would be a fishing simulation that's conducted after uh, some sort of formal training, awareness training specifically on fishing. Very useful. A good fishing simulation or fishing awareness training course would include uh, how to identify a fishing simulation or a phishing email, what to do about one if you've, you've actually encountered one. So it, it's a great thing to do before a fishing simulation is done. The downside is, is that primarily everybody's on their absolute best behavior and probably unlikely, less unlikely to uh, click that phishing uh, email that we sent if they had not taken the training. So again, there's no right or wrong answer here. Uh, it's simply put, you know, the preference of the company. The other thing that we advocate is to make a phishing campaign an ongoing thing. So it's part of your regular routine effort to uh, minimize the, the probability of, of a phishing attack being effective. So over the course of a year, we highly recommend that you probably do no more than four phishing simulations in a year. So one each quarter, any more than that. And it's, it's a little much. And, and quite frankly, about three or four months uh, is about the point when the staff start forgetting things and maybe getting a little sloppy. So um, it's a good time to uh, relaunch a phishing simulation, a new campaign, new template, new uh, landing page, and really test the user's uh, awareness. Um, you know, as I said, probably no more than four times a year. Any more than that is, again, a little bit overkill. That being said, for those companies that are not looking to do anything long-term, they want to simply test, let's say, and, and conduct uh, some sort of formal training on phishing and then retest, that's another method that, that can be followed. Uh, again, there's really no right or wrong. You're only wrong if you're not doing it because phishing, I mean, let's face this, uh, it's the segue uh, for most type of malware or ransom and uh, spyware attacks uh, that come through the front door. Um, there's a reason for that. Most people are unsuspecting. Humans, unfortunately, are still the weakest link and the hackers know this. So it's really the first line or the first line of defense, in my uh, opinion, needs to be focused on. It needs to be the center point of attention by most companies. So uh, again, phishing simulation is great, followed up with or doing uh, some sort of formal training prior to the phishing simulation is even better. Uh, a combination of is the best method uh, possible to minimize the risk to the corporation. Because the as I said again, the hackers know that you know the weakest link is likely that person that 
has access to email and that's practically everyone in the corporation so uh, be mindful of that and we've been at security for 21 years and um, the common denominator for most issues that occur are humans unfortunately uh, yet uh, so many uh, companies don't focus on the frontline people uh, they uh, rely on heavy duty security equipment with a high price tag and assume that because it has a highest price tag it's going to do its job well unfortunately if that uh, particular device not set up properly it won't be doing its job uh, more importantly the person that sets it up if they don't know what they're doing it won't work effectively but humans you know if they're trained if they're taught they're shown the way so to speak uh, they'll be responsive and aware that it's their responsibility as frontline people to uh, look for these phishing emails, to be on the lookout for things that could uh, ill affect uh, the company. So uh, no amount of, of effort uh, spent on humans, on the frontline people, uh, is in vain. Phishing simulations, as I said, come in two flavors usually. That's a, a DIY version and a managed fully managed uh, phishing simulation service. I prefer the latter uh, as, again, you know, you're getting that benefit of the security personnel with years and years of, of experience thinking like a hacker might. And uh, so my, my bet's on the managed phishing simulation over the DIY choice. That being said, you need to do either or, um, absolutely a must-have frontline security such as phishing simulation, uh, user awareness training that could include everything from identity theft, social engineering, password selection, physical security, ransomware. All of these courses are of huge value to the corporation and the individual that is actually taking them. I'd like to finish off by thank you for listening to this podcast and I'd invite you to come back and, and listen to some more that we'll be producing over the next several weeks. We'll try to keep the topics uh, at a high level uh, summary of uh, various topics we would be speaking about. I'll be focusing on general topics that reach a broad uh, audience, uh, operations, management, uh, executive level. I'll leave the technical deep dives to uh, the people that can do that the best. Uh, I will be talking about things such as uh, cybersecurity budgets and the cost of not creating one. Uh, I'll be talking about identifying the crown jewels, uh, helping you identify it, knowing uh, what's at risk. Uh, talk about frontline security measures, how to lock the front door. I'll be speaking about uh, a common topic a common myth where a lot of the uh, management C-class people believe that the IT guy is their security guy. Well, I'll help you spot the differences between the two because there are uh, differences and you should be aware of what these differences are. I'll look at phishing scams, tips on how to be, you know, avoid becoming a victim. I'll talk about awareness training, talk about uh, whether or not you can surmise if you're on a hacker's radar. Uh, what they might want from you, talk about passwords and that type of thing. So again, thanks for coming and, and listening to the podcast. Appreciate that. I'll try to spice it up a little bit more every time, uh, but I do appreciate your listening in. If you have any questions, uh, you can 
shoot us an email or you can schedule an appointment directly off of our website www.secusolutions.com. Thanks again everyone.